This is the premier podcast for late model dirt track racing. This is Forward Bite, hosted by superfan and actual know-it-all Kyle Armstrong on the Speed Sport Podcast Network. Welcome back to another edition of the Forward Bite Podcast. I'm your host, Kyle Armstrong. This week, we're going to have be joined by a special guest out of Tyrone, Georgia, Mr. Wade Knowles. Wade was inducted into the Georgia Auto Racing Hall of Fame and Museum this weekend uh, down in Dawsonville, Georgia. And this coming weekend, he will officially be enshrined into the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame in Union, Kentucky, at, on the hallowed grounds of the Florence Speedway up there in Kentucky. Uh, looking forward to hearing him tell some stories. I mean, it's going to be interesting. I talked to him on the phone the other night for probably 45 minutes, and he just on and on with some stories. So there's no telling what he's got up his sleeves tonight. So stay tuned for that. But, uh, of course, first, before we get to that, uh, Jonathan Davenport was the big winner this weekend in the World of Outlaws out at the USA Nationals at Cedar Lake Speedway in Wisconsin, picking up the $50,000 paycheck. And a big shout-out to Devin Moran picking up some wins this weekend, $10,000 at West Virginia Motor Speedway on Friday night and a $5,000 victory on Saturday night at Wayne County Speedway in Orville, Ohio. And Tyler Carpenter picked up a win at Beckley Motorsports Park. Hudson O'Neill picked up the $10,000 win at Brownstown Speedway in Indiana. And big, huge shout-out to Rusty Schlink picking up his, I think it's probably his career-high payday of $33,000 at Merritt Speedway in Lake City, Michigan. So, yeah, it was a big de- uh, big de- deal for him to win that big of a race. And, of course, Mike Marler, too, got to give a shout-out to Mike, former guest on the show, picked up a $10,000 check at Ponderosa Speedway on Friday night. So a lot of big races this weekend, a lot to keep up with. I uh, I didn't go anywhere this weekend. I kind of just been wide open this last month or so. just kind of took this as a weekend to recharge my batteries, so to speak, and I uh, watched a lot of streaming races on uh, on all the streaming platforms. I actually watched a lot of stuff on Speed Sport TV this weekend, man. I'm telling you, if you guys don't have that, you're missing out on a lot of good racing there. Uh, there was a lot to be offered on there this weekend. I got to watch uh, Boone Speedway and also Hickory Motor Speedway's weekly show and uh, the Big O down at Blacksburg, South Carolina, Iron City, Cartway. A lot of big races. Got the... Uh, you know, on uh, on some other stuff there, you know, watch Brownstown. And, you know, it was a good, really good uh, weekend of just streaming, kind of just taking it easy and uh, and watching some racing. But but by all means, don't uh, don't let that be your only way of keeping up with it. You need to go out and see some racing live in person. There's nothing else like it. Of course, uh, this coming weekend, I'm going to be headed up to Florence Speedway. Me and uh, a fan of the show, a friend of mine, James Honeycutt, me and him are going to take a little road trip up to Florence this weekend to see the – North-South 100, and, of course, the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame induction ceremony that's going to be really special. Uh, Wade Knowles is getting in it, Daryl Lanigan. Uh, of course, Clint Smith, we had him on the show here a while back, so it's going to be a pretty neat celebration to see those guys get uh, enshrined into the Hall of Fame up there and, and get to go see that and be a part of it. And also, the North-South 100 is just a bonus. It's always one of the races of the year for sure, and I look forward to getting to go see that. But yeah, we're going to get with Wade Knowles here in just a minute. But before that, I want to remind you to, to check out our sponsors, R1 Facility Services and, of course, Andy's Towing. We appreciate all they've done and all their support here with the podcast. And and also, I've got the uh, Forward Bike Podcast hats available with the patch on them. And uh, if you want to get one of those, just reach out to me. And uh, they're, they're, they are $20 a piece. And, uh, and I'll have them with me this weekend at Florence. So if you... See me up there. Just shout at me, and uh, and we'll get you. We'll get you taken care of for sure. 
So I want to read this little bit here that they had on the Georgia Racing Hall of Fame website about Wade Knowles before we call him on the other side of this break. Um, it was a good little piece here, and I, I just felt like they did such a jam-up job of it, so I'm just going to kind of plagiarize it a little bit and read it here on the show. So here we go. Wade Knowles of Tyrone, Georgia, competed on dirt tracks for over 20 years. Knowles and his number 66 late model won at dirt tracks all across Georgia, the East Coast, and even as far as South Africa. His career started at Dixie Speedway in Woodstock, Georgia, and served as his home track throughout his tenure as a driver. His 59 career feature wins at Dixie. Wade competed in the famed Havatampa Dirt Series, even scoring a few wins against the best dirt late model racers of all time. He retired in 2006 with an estimated 200 wins on dirt. And we're excited to have Wade on the on the podcast tonight. Uh, stay tuned. You know, I talked to him on the phone the other night, and he had so many stories just on and on. So uh, excited to hear what he tells us here on the show tonight. So stay tuned. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite team's out-of-market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6. No refunds. Welcome back to the Forward Bike Podcast, the American Speed U.S. Nationals presented by Engine Pro. Special Memorial Day weekend event features many of the top pavement winged sprint car drivers from across the United States and Canada at the 38th Mile Kalamazoo Speedway. Tune in on MAF TV Thursday, August 12th for the Speed Sport Presents Must See Racing from Kalamazoo. Check your local listings for channel and time. Well, fans and followers, we're excited to have uh, Wade Knowles on the line today on the Andy's Towing Hotline, that is, and uh, he's he's joining us. He, uh, I think we woke him up from his nap, so uh, welcome to the show today, Wade. It's good to be here. <laughs> well, Wade, uh, yeah, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy uh, schedule to, to talk with us tonight, and uh, I guess first question, I'll, I'll start with this. Uh, how did you get your start in racing? Oh, I just, well, I mean, we always went to the races when I was a kid. We always, my family, we always went up to dig and My dad was a race fan forever and ever, and we, uh, we just always went to the races. And when I got old enough to start driving and going places and stuff, when I was in high school, we uh, wound up made friends with a guy that I was driving a parts delivery truck and uh, made friends with a guy turned out to be a major car owner in the dirt racing. But uh, he said, we need to get a car and do that. I said, well, all right, let's do it. <laughs> and the rest is history, they say, right? That's right. And that was yeah. that was probably about eighty one or eighty or somewhere right there. Uh, that was eighty one. I graduated in eighty, and then started the winter of the winter of eighty. No, the winter of yeah, the winter of eighty, and uh, spring of eighty one, we started racing. Good deal. And then, so you were just racing at Dixie and everything local like that, right? Yeah. Well, we we was planning on racing at Sonora, and uh. We, we finally, Dixie had already started, but we was going to race at Sonora, so we went to, we got it ready when Sonora opened up, 
and we went down there for opening day. And the next week, it was raining in, on the south side of Atlanta. So we went to Dixie and liked up there better than Sonora and been going ever since. Yeah. Yeah, you have. You've, uh, it says you, it says here you've won 59 races at Dixie over the years. Yeah, I think, I think, I don't know how they, I don't know how they've done their math, but this morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, the numbers, they, I don't know where they got their numbers at, but they, the numbers they put on there is, you know, anybody can add that up in the head and come out with more than that. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm, uh, I mean, you were in the paper about every week for winning a race down there, so. Yeah, we when we was we was coming up, like I said, I, I didn't win but four or five races my first year. And the next year I only won a couple when I had my own car. And uh the third year, Ronnie Dobbins he said, You just drive my car and uh, he didn't like that being underfunded. So he got him a car and I drove it and we was off to the races then. So you drive the number 66. What brought you to driving? What what made you pick that as your car number? Because, I mean, your son, he also drives 66, and about everybody in the in Noel's family there has a 6 or a 66 or something in their number. Yeah, at one time or another, everybody's been 66. Yeah. Even, even Tony was 66 there for a little while, and then – there was so many 66 he decided he'd change up. But, uh, but, yeah, when I was getting started, I was pretty much broke. And, uh, but my brother, he was, my oldest brother, he was old enough, he already had him a truck. And he was making money. And, uh, but mom and daddy didn't want me to race. And, uh, so my brother, he was funneling the money. And when nobody else helped, to get started and uh but my brother's truck was number 66 and it was the fastest truck in our probably in the fastest truck i ever knowed about and uh so really just to, to and what give can... him a little recognition but not but not actually say he was helping me then i just made the car number 66 and what kind of truck was that his his work it was truck. A, yeah, it was a Peterbilt. Peterbilt, gotcha. Yeah, he was he just turned well, he was twenty like twenty two, twenty three, and he had a brand new Peterbilt with a big cat motor and he would go up and down the road on C B and dude asked him, say, Well you wanna he said, If I'm loaded, uh you ain't got no load. He <laughs> said, We'll swap trailers and I'll outrun you. And uh, somebody else hollered in there and said, you better have good tires on your trailer if you're going to let him pull it. <laughs> but, uh, but, yeah, he was, he was terrified. He had a regular run from Atlanta to Birmingham every night. And he outrun everything from there to Birmingham every night. Uh, it, was, it was pretty much, you know, known fact that if you was going through there you better get out of the road if you was going between eight o'clock midnight yeah so he's coming by 
Well, quick question on that, Wade. You've been a long-time career truck driver. Uh, what's your CB handle? Uh, just WW. WW. Yeah, I don't okay. remember. You, you probably remember it, but there was a movie, WW and the Dixie Dance King, yeah. back years ago. Mm-hmm. But uh, that come out about the same time that I got me a CB, and uh, I didn't really have no name or nothing, so I just said, I'll be WW. <laughs> Works out pretty good then, don't it? Yeah, well, see, my first name is William. Yeah. So there you go. That's why it works. Initials, so I just be WW. There you go. Well, what? Uh, when did you decide to make the transition into super late models? You were running limiteds there and everything, and you went to supers, and then you pretty much went national on the scene there for, for a while. You know, At least you'd go to the big races, Eldora, Pennsboro, and places like that. Yeah, we, uh, we was... Uh, well, we was running at Dixie, and we moved up a class every year. And uh, Mike Swims forced us. He said, y'all can't run Lumberton no more. So we ran Cadet, A Cadet, B Cadet, then Limited. And then they, uh, like, we won, like, 20 races a year the last year and 16 races the year before that. And... Uh, he said, y'all can't run limited no more. And I was fortunate enough that, that Ron Dobbins had enough money to buy a late model. So we just got us a late model. That's amazing the way a racetrack can, uh, if somebody's too dominant, they'll uh, they'll tell you you can't run it no more, try to add weight to you, try to tear you down, protest you. They don't like nobody winning every week, do they? Right. Yes, Williams. He run a tight ship there. Mike Swims happened to die, he'd be – he would then would never been no Lucas because that was his deal. Yeah, yeah, it was a shame when we lost lost him for sure. He uh he had a good program. He was uh he was probably one of the best in dirt racing. No doubt. So, uh, so then so then you guys uh you know like I said you raced at Dixie a whole lot and other places down there in Georgia but uh. What made you? Uh, what made you one day up and say, you know, we need to go run some of these bigger races off in uh, in some of these other states? And you took off and went went somewhere else. When was when was one of those first trips for you? Oh, uh, the first the first big race we went to was the U.S. Uh, what do they call that race? Uh, in Paducah, uh, Paducah. Yeah, Paducah, where it was. The US 50 or the USA 50 or something other. The week okay. used to be like the two weeks before the World 100. I got gotcha. you. But uh, that, was, that was the first race. That was the first big race we went to. Hey, Paducah, what did you think about that place? Oh, it, it was a sight. It was just, it wasn't like nothing we'd ever seen. Yeah. But, uh, oh, uh, Billy Clanton was helping us, and uh, well, he my limited car. He built me. He built my limited cars for uh, two. I've had two, two or three uh, Billy Clanton cars in '82 and '83. No, '83, '84. I had one in '83 and two in '84. And uh, 
but he was still, we got a gigolo car back when we started running late model because Billy, he was kind of slow about building them. But, uh, I mean, those good cars, he just, he just one man, you know, and took him a while. But uh, he was still helping them. We'd ask him questions, you know. He kind of took us under his wing and said, you know, this late model stuff's going to be different. But, uh, so we were still, you know, we, we hung tight with him. And uh, he said, we ought to go to producer. So we all loaded up and went. And uh, went over there and run third. Run third. Do um, you remember who won? Uh, um, I think Larry Moore won. Larry Moore. Yeah, I, was, I, kinda, I started, I won the heat, started like fifth or sixth. And uh, got up to second. And old uh, Tommy Joe Poucher, or whatever his name was, mm-hmm. Ten Foco, he turned me around, and I went to the back and come back to third. And uh, oh, uh, somebody asked, oh, Jerry Inman was over there, and uh, we was parked next to him. Somebody was walking by and said, Who is that boy? <laughs> and, uh, he said, I don't know, but look how we're going to get to know him. <laughs> and from there, the rest was pretty much history. You started going and yeah. running some uh, some bigger races from that point. Yeah, we, we went there, and then we went to Eldora that year. The last daytime World 100 they had. The next year, they started running at night. And uh, we went there, and the Winchester, Tennessee, they used to have big race, the Rebel 100 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And uh, we went to five or six big races at the end of that year. Well, tell and me. And in '86, we started going. About every time we had a big race, if it paid, if it would pay, uh, I think Dixie paid a thousand a week. And then you went to them ten thousand dollar races. You used to pay a thousand for ten. And uh, we said, well, shoot, if we finish a hundred lap race, we're gonna run, we're gonna run in the top ten. And uh, so we just started every time it was a big race that was reasonable to go to. We went, we went to it. The reason we didn't run at Dixie. Yeah, that's a know, good. For the championship and everything. That's still a pretty good purse in today's times, too, you know, really. So. Oh, yeah. Well, see, back then it was it was kind of a weird deal because, uh, I mean, I, I, we, we, we stayed mad about it or talked about it a lot. But, there wasn't no, uh, no series or nothing to do. Uh, you know, in the late 80s, or from mid to late 80s, because NDRA was finishing up when I was getting started. And then Swims and them didn't start up to have a Tampa till what, 88 or 89 or something like that. I think ninety or ninety one was probably the first half of yes. the race, and they didn't they right. didn't count points until ninety three. If I'm not if I'm not mistaken, maybe right. if I'm wrong, somebody well, can correct actually, me. Actually, it was uh, ninety. Um, I don't know. I won the very first half of Tampa race. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, that's one thing I wanted to bring up here at some point. But since you brought that up, but, City. yeah, East I Alabama. Was, I don't remember if it was ninety or ninety one. Yeah, ninety one's when it was. You're right. It was ninety one. It was hard to do. It was hard to pull up some results and research and some of that kind of stuff from back in those days. Uh, you know, I don't have the, 
I don't have all the newspaper clippings and stuff saved in the archives, but uh, somebody out there right. does. I guarantee you. Well, wait, we're going to take yeah. just a quick break and come back on the other side and uh, talk to you a whole lot more. How about that? That sounds like a good deal. Coming up more with Wade Knowles on the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. Want to find out how folks go from humble beginnings in the world to their dream job in motorsports? Tim Pakman sits down every week to get you the inside scoop. It's how I got here, and the latest episode is available now on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media, and your favorite podcast platforms. I'd like to invite you to listen to that Ronnie Hoover episode that Tim did last week. Ronnie Hoover didn't talk a whole lot about it on his episode because that wasn't what it was centric based around, but Ronnie Hoover did a lot of NDRA racing back in the 80s and late model racing all the way up until about 2009 or 10. So here's soon. And Ronnie's a friend of mine, friend of the show. He listens to every episode. So one day, Ronnie, I'm going to get you in this studio and we're going to have you on here and, uh, and talk late model racing. But right now we're on the line with Wade Knowles. He's on the Andy's toe and hotline and, uh, we're, we're back with Wade. So Wade, before that break there, you were talking about winning the first half of Tampa race and that, that's, uh, you know, the Have a Tampa series went on to really be one of the most famous dirt racing series there was. And for you to etch your name in stone or whatever, you know, by winning the first one, that, I guess that has to be pretty special. Yeah, I mean, we didn't realize, you know, how special it would be, you know, at the time because you thought, yeah, well, you know, people, are, they'll, they'll hurry up and start up a series and usually they don't, you know, they don't last. Mm-hmm. But, but you never know. But I mean, it was BJ Parker and Mike Swims was in together on that to begin with. Both of them, they pretty much they finished what they started. Yeah. But it, it was it was a good deal. It was that track that I grew up going to, and wound up settled on the pole and won the race. Phoenix City down there. Well, I wanted to ask you about uh, your first trip to Eldora. You talked a little bit about going whenever you went to Eldora and raced in the daytime up there at, at the World 100. Um, what was your reaction about going there for the first time? Oh, it was like going, I mean, like you say, going to the World's Fair or whatever. It was it was a big event. I had been to the NDRA when the NDRA came to Dixie when I was running limited. And, uh, it was, you know, kind of a more of an event than it was just going to the race. Mm-hmm. And Eldora was like that on steroids. And, but it was, it was a sight. They said, oh, Billy Clanton, he said, we ought to go to Eldora. <laughs> so we bought a aluminum motor that Larry Moore had run when he drove for Gigolo. Bought it from from Gigolo, a used, used mal-cut motor. And uh, bought us a set of soft tires, and we took it off Eldora. And uh, got up there, and it was daytime, 100 degrees. And we was on the softest tire they make. And I think them tires quit going out the gate. <laughs> but, uh, we, didn't, we didn't know no different. And uh, we didn't do so good. Like I say, our tires, they chewed up from qualifying. Yeah, I imagine it was probably pretty abrasive on them, especially with it being a daytime show like it was. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was, you know, if you didn't know no better, like I said, we, we hadn't, they've been on track tires ever since we'd been racing. Mm-hmm. And, 
So we didn't know nothing about, you know, having to buy open tires and stuff. And uh, it was it was a sight. What about the first time you met Larry Moore? Oh, uh, it was it's crazy. <laughs> uh, well, I, actually, I mean, I just, I just seen him, and uh, was uh, was on our way there though. I mean, I had I had knew of him, but uh, from him, you know, being a gigolo house driver or whatever, I never seen him down there, but I seen his cars and stuff. But we was up there on our way to Eldor gas station about 2 o'clock in the morning, getting us a Coca-Cola and him and some guy coming in there. And uh, he'd come in, the, come in the station there, didn't even come inside, just pushed the door open. He said, which way is Eldor? Don't give me no bullshit. <laughs> and uh, the old guy actually told him the right way to go. Yeah. I, I would have sent him the wrong way, but. Mm-hmm. But I, I didn't even know it was Larry Moore at the time, and then we went, got out, got out to the truck, and uh, somebody that was didn't get out. He said that was Larry Moore just come through him. Well, really? Well, all right. And, you, and 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 everybody had you had a cube van and all that, and the race car and open oh, trailer, yeah. so you knew who everybody was going up and down the road. That had to be right, a pretty neat what, time of yeah. traveling. Well, they was in a pickup truck, and the other guy was. Larry Moore had one guy with him. He was supposed to be driving, but he was asleep. Larry Moore didn't have no driver's license. Oh, really? And, uh, but he was driving, and he went down through there, and it got 100 miles an hour down through one of the cornfields down there. Got pulled over, and they had to change drivers before they, before they could get stopped. <laughs> but, uh, it, was, it was a slide. Some different times, wasn't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he was, he was one of, you know, everybody that he rose, and I mean for good reason because he was, he was a character, and and could back it up. Yeah, and he had a good book that came out a few years ago too. I recommend every Dirt Lake model fan have that on their bookshelf for sure. You oh, might, yeah. you might he be probably, in it for all I know. Put that tail in there. He might not have. I, I don't know. I yeah, haven't he, got he, through it yet. So. Yeah, he probably probably don't even. <laughs> that wasn't even close to a highlight to him. <laughs> Yeah, but you remember it. It's a highlight to me. I think it's hilarious that all these years later right, you remembered yeah. something like that. First time we've been out of the state of Georgia much, and we hear he has done seen Larry Moore up at 2 o'clock in the morning. And the thing of it is, you'd think he'd have knew which way the racetrack was. Right. Well, I mean, I guess. I, I guess know. since he wasn't I'm driving. Sure he been there plenty of times. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure it all out. But I, I, that's, that's a great story. And he yeah. may not have had ever seen it in the dark like that he, he might always got there in the daylight he may have even been the one that won that weekend it'd be hard to I, I, i'm thinking he did yeah yeah he might. i think it was 85 i know it was because he won it driving the gigolo and he yeah. drive for them but one year yeah that's cool ain't so it? It yeah he wound up winning well what did you uh i'm gonna throw another name out there at you down there in Georgia, what did you think about Buck Simmons, and did you ever really uh, have any run-ins with him over the years? Uh, not really. You know, Buck, he was uh, he's from up there at Livonia or whatever, North yep. Georgia. Baldwin, Georgia, I believe. Right, and he done the majority. Gaffney paid way better than Dixie. Mm-hmm. And, uh, 
uh, he he'd done most of his racing because like in Carolina you could run three nights a week and uh, he didn't he didn't ever come to Dixie that I know of and uh, unless there was a NDRA race or something like that but I yeah. mean I would I wouldn't even race I wouldn't race like Baldini so you just really never but, really went up against him. No, not. I mean, I I raced against him when mm-hmm. he was driving for Barry later on, and uh, like in '86, '87, something like that. And uh, I'd see him at Pensburg and uh, where else we see him at? Uh, yeah, with him being teamed up with Larry Moore around those years, that's what really made me think of bringing him right. up right then. Yeah, actually, he was. Uh, no, that was that was before then. I read about all that. I didn't see them when they were doing that, but I read they had a big ride up stock car racing back then. I used to read that from cover to cover. Oh yeah, no doubt. Yeah, yeah that there wasn't no internet or nothing. You just get stock car racing and go through it. I knew every advertisement, every <laughs> every story. It was in there. I seen. Well, what about the speed sport national speed sport news? Did you ever read those papers? They had all no, the schedules no, and stuff. I never did get them. I got you. Yeah, that's why well, uh, we're on the Speed Sport was, uh, podcast deal here. That's why I was asking you. I just wondered if you ever remember seeing those back in the in those days. No, I, I, I seen them at a few like race shops and stuff that I'd go to and I'd see them. But that uh, what was it? Racing News, whatever. Yeah, that, yeah the Racing News. Yeah. Man, those papers, those papers were the Bible, you know. They told you where everything was at coming up and who'd won here and who'd won there, man. Oh, yeah. it, was the, it was the deal. Yeah, you could ask me. I mean, I, I, had every, I soaked up everything I could get my hands on. And oh, I could tell you who won no matter where it was at. If they had a story in that paper, I could tell you who won, who run second, third, whatever. Man, it's a, it's a whole lot easier to keep up with these days. It's all right there on our little cell phone. <laughs> Right, yeah, yeah, used to. Like I said, I'd, I'd study it. I know who won. Didn't matter if it was Cole or Hollis Crossroads or wherever. They had a story. I knew it. That's right. And now, so much comes on Twitter, I just blow right by. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And, uh, don't even ain't got no idea. If they ain't won more than once. Well, um, while we're still kind of on that Eldora subject or whatever, I was wanting to ask you about uh, running alcohol in, at Eldora for qualifying and stuff. How, did you ever, were you ever a part of that deal or? Yeah, we, we tried that. I mean, they said, you know, you gotta have it. You go on Eldora, you gotta have it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but we, we would dance, we did it a four or five big race at Winchester, Nuka. We qualify and heat race on alcohol and then had to, drain it all out, put gas in, a whole lot of extra work for nothing. <laughs> I was glad when they went to the gas only rule, boy, I love that. Yeah. Well, what kind of an advantage did it really, did, could you really tell by running it? I I mean, supposedly, you know, it gave you more, more torque, I guess. And uh, what they claim, give you more torque, you're going to get out qualified if you don't do it. Yeah. But, Nobody could ever use all the motor they had in him. <laughs> we finally just said, you know, that's stupid. I don't know why we do that. Yeah. Well, but, uh, tell we me, didn't. Yeah. Well, tell me about uh, some of your, a couple of your trips going to Pensboro. I know you ran the Hillbilly and the Dirt Track World Championship up there. And 
had a couple of pretty decent runs there, but never never had any luck, you're telling me, on the phone the other night. So just relive some of those memories of going up there and racing at Finsbury, West Virginia. Yeah, that was that place was a sight. I, I loved that place. We uh we go up there. Well, I, they they recruited us to go up there. The uh at when we was at Eldor, they come around, you know, shaking hands and trying to round up cars to come over there. Yeah, Carl Short. And uh, yeah, and uh, so they had a practice day up there. Matter of fact. That practice day, uh, me and Buck Simmons, I bet I talked to him more that day than I did the whole time I know him. Mm-hmm. But uh, he he's the one he he explained Pennsburg to me when we got there, and uh, he said, "Don't you hurry down that back straightaway. You'll be off over in the woods." And uh, but I took that to heart and. Uh, I did. I wound up passing. I wound up, went through the bridge in turn three and over the hill and got up, got up in a hog wire fence down there. <laughs> you know, took us about an hour to get all the wire cut out from under the drive shaft, get me back up on, back up the hill. <laughs> but uh, but we we went up there and practiced, and uh, I guess it was a Thursday they had practice before the dirt track thing started the world championship deal and uh but we we wound up we we had two cars up there we, back then everybody could take two cars and they when they're having 200 cars or something and uh but we practiced till it got too dark to practice and uh that they, they wound up they had 200 and 15 or 20 cars that day. I had two cars and I was sixth and ninth. And, uh, Pretty respectable. That, that ruined us for going up there, yeah. <laughs> and uh, I picked up a lot of fans there because we had uh, one big steering wheel and one little steering wheel. But I preferred to drive with a big one and uh, qualified the first car and then come around and put it in line to could go to the scales well my other car was staged up like three more to go out or whatever and i jumped out had my helmet on had my steering wheel and that straightaway is about probably i guess it's a quarter mile long because that's a half mile track but uh i ran down the car sitting everywhere and i i ran that whole way holding my steering wheel out like i was driving I was bobbing and weaving between all them cars. And still had my helmet on. Went over there and jumped in that car. And I think, I think I went. I think it was the one that was sick, the second car that I took out. But uh, I was, I was already practiced up because there wasn't but like six cars between what numbers we had for them to go out. And uh, but everybody on that hillside, boy, they were cheering when I was. Running up through there, I guess they like that. <laughs> well, Wade, we're going to take another quick break here, and I'll uh, we'll get right back with you. This is the Forward Bike Podcast on the Speed Sport Podcast Network and NASCAR Digital Media. 
Back here with Wade Knowles on the Speed Sport Podcast Network, NASCAR Digital Media. This is the Forward Bike Podcast, and Wade Knowles is on the Andy's Towing Hotline tonight. Wade, before that, we were talking about Pennsboro, and you run into your car. Uh, real quick, what else do you remember from uh, from Pennsboro there and some of those races? Uh, I, if I would, Dick Pennsboro was the closest thing to like Dixie that I was ever going that they ever had big races. If I was ever going to win a big race. It was going to be there. And uh, I, I didn't go there for like 10 or 12 times. And I was on the front row twice for the big race and started like third or fourth. So like one one heat there, two or three different times. And uh, one time I was leading the hillbilly and tore the clutch out. And uh, I had run in second to Moran when he won and uh, flattened the left front tire on the bridge. And uh, I was running behind Larry Moore and uh, broke a motor or something that I forget. But uh, I, I ran, like I ran second behind Jack Boggs at, I think that was at a hillbilly. But, uh, I, I love going there. Yeah. That yeah. Was a fun place. Man, I just always love to hear stories about it because, um, you know, I just never got to go. I remember my dad went going up there about 99 or so, but I would have only been about nine or 10 years old. So I never really got to, got to go and experience it. But man, what I've seen and heard, and it's definitely one of them places that, uh, it's still got the stories and they're still good stories. Oh yeah. It was definitely a sight. Like I said, I, I was fortunate because, I said, Buck Simmons, he told me everything there was to know about it before lunch, that practice day. And then Freddie Smith, he was good to talk to me. And, I mean, everybody knows he was king up there. And uh, him or Jack Boggs seen like one every year. And, uh, but he would, we'd go eat with him. And, you know, and he would, you know, just Freddie Smith, you know, he ain't going to lie to you. He'd tell you. Anything you ask him, he'll answer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, uh, but he was, they was, they was both of them, them two there. They probably made me better at Pennsboro than I ever should have been. But, but it was, it was good of them. I mean, they, they treated me good. Oh yeah, absolutely. Well, I got a question here. Uh, I'm seeing in your, in your uh, biography or whatever, and. It says you won three late model races in South Africa. I just want to know how in the heck did you get that cube van and open trailer to South Africa? Uh, no, well, <laughs> put them on a boat. I got uh, you. You put, them, you put them on a slow boat and then go over there and catch up with them later on. Yeah. Well, that's, but, I but no, we didn't take no cube van. This was 30 <laughs> years later. But uh, the promoter or track owner or whatever from South Africa, he comes over here every you know about every year and uh, buys up four or five used cars he get all he can put in one put in a container and uh but he came over here and uh he stayed up there in, in our town and uh hung around with jake for a month and uh but they would he would buying up cars and then when he when he came down here, he didn't know I had ever raced. 
and uh, when he got to hang around down at the shop, we, you know, we had pictures on the wall and stuff. And it, I guess he had the brainstorm. You need to come over there too. And I had, I had done been quit racing for four or five years. And, uh, but he carries four or five drivers over there every year. And, uh, we, we went over there, uh, we was over there for a month. He, he paid our plane ticket, place to stay. And every, we had a van with a driver. We didn't, we couldn't drive nowhere in it. And, uh, wherever, you know, if we wanted to go somewhere, we'd call them. Ten minutes later, the van would be there to take us where we needed to go. And, uh, but we raced like three nights a week over there for a month. And, uh, it was, it was a pretty good deal. We and probably run, I don't know, I guess 12 or 15 races over there or something. What year was that? Uh, 2010, I think it was. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, Jake's been over there. Jake went three times. He had went the year before that. And then he went that year. And he went, he didn't go the next year, but the year after that, he went back again. That never has been on my radar, Dirt Lake Model Racing in South Africa, but I, I guess that needs yeah, to be on they, my bucket list, I guess. Sounds like. Yeah. Yeah, you got but probably 12 or 15 cars. Yeah. Probably four or five people own one car, and then he owns the rest. I got gotcha. but you. But he'd stay over here with Jake, and they'd pack them up in a container and put one in and put one upside down and tie the roof together, you know, and... <laughs> all kind of spare parts just they get him a container load of stuff every year absolutely um, and then the next year he sent his he wanted the guy that worked on his cars he sent him over here and he, he lived with us for a month and uh because they you know it's wintertime over there it's summertime over here you know right and uh but he sent his crew guy over here and he lived with us he stayed with him for a month and uh, I liked the boy. And uh, after he stayed a month, and that guy was ready to quit paying him, told him to come home. And he just stayed another month, and I kept him up. But uh, but it was a it was a good deal. Turned out that the boy that they sent over here, him and Jake had the same birthday. Really? And that boy that boy turned 21 while he was over here. <laughs> and uh, we had a they. Uh, they call it a bribe, but it's just a big bonfire, and you cook steaks. They don't they don't cook steaks over there; they tan them. Yeah. They throw it on the fire and get dark, and flip it over, and you're good to go. But uh, but we had a big South African style barbecue or whatever at the house In for Georgia. that boy's birthday. Yeah. That had and, to be uh, a good time. Oh yeah, it was a sight. Well, they have a good time in South Africa. They yeah. have, they race and then they have a big pavilion like thing. They don't race for money. They just they just race. And, and then after the race, everybody has a big party. Sounds like and, sounds uh, like us over here. Some of these places. Oh yeah, that, and they just drink brandy. They don't drink nothing but brandy. <laughs> and uh, and if it's a site, they don't nobody. And they have houses built all around the racetrack, and uh, you just. 
you know, they just come over there and pe- people build their own house right there on the edge of the racetrack. <laughs> they'll come over there and race, and then they'll party, and then they'll go sleep in their little shack. Next morning, everybody go home. That's pretty cool. Well, Wade, I'm going to flash back to the mid-'80s there whenever you won that 200-lapper at Lanier. I've heard, uh, you know, everybody I've talked to leading up to this, they're always, you got to ask Wade about winning that 200-lap race at Lanier there on the dirt. So uh, tell me a little bit about what you remember about that race. I don't know. It was it was a good deal. They uh, paid ten thousand. So. Had that track. It was a ten thousand dollar race and on, but it was it was good. Bud Lossford he put it on, and he had kind of screwed up rules, screwed up motor rules. You couldn't your intake couldn't be something other. I don't know, but uh, but, uh, but in him, Dobbins had talked to him on the phone. And, found out what all that motor we had to change our intake and stuff like that because Lanier was different from Dick's but uh but Dobbins he had his mind we don't win that race so he he got it got everything changed up and uh we went over there and if you if you run the whole race on the same tires they had a fuel stop midway and uh you didn't change tires you couldn't lose a spot, you know. You just kept your position. You just gassed up. But if you changed tires, you had to go to the back. And uh, but we sat on the pole. We we had the best call. And uh, but I led eight or ten laps, and we we pretty sure we wasn't going to change tires. And so I was just being smooth, you know, and wasn't getting on it too hard. With David Kinnamer and Ray Brooks. They come blowing by me when we got the left car. They blowed by me. And they bobbing and weaving up through that area. I still run third halfway. We had tires sitting up on the wall and all. Like we been changed. We zipped over there and everybody jumped across the fence and all, but they had marked the tires on the car during qualifying. And uh, everybody, all the dust settled from the pit, you know, and we pulled off and everybody done got the tires changed because you line back up on the back every how fast you got the tires changed and uh, when all the dust settled we eased on back up after the front of the line and uh my sister-in-law she was up in the grandstand she said she was standing next to bud Lunsford when the uh when i went back up there and i hadn't changed tires and i got my spot back which made me leading in again and uh she said she's just standing next to bud luther and he said well this race is over <laughs> <laughs> and uh but yeah we took off and put a whooping on me and they had a big wreck and uh i was running they was counting caution laps she i was running about as fast under caution as i was oh yeah clicking them off race. clicking them off and uh yeah yeah they had a big old like a seven car pile up and I bet we run twenty five laps before they got it cleaned up. <laughs> but uh but it was good and then they to- they protested, you know, they I mean, cause like ten thousand to win and two thousand per second or something. And uh they tore the motor, they pulled the motor slap out, tore it all down and everything, but we knew it was right. Because, you know, Dobbins doesn't talk to them, got all the rules and all. After the driver's meeting, he was explaining all them tire rules and stuff. 
after everybody left, I walked back over there to Bud Lunson. I said, now, you telling me that uh, we don't change tires no matter what. Where we running, we don't change tires. We get our spot back. And he said, that's right. All right. But I, I didn't ask that while everybody was there because I didn't nobody realize that we wasn't planning on changing the tires. <laughs> but, uh, but we had a plan from the get-go, and, you know, if it's your night, it's your night. That's right, and that was that was your night, and uh, you know I, I've always yep. heard uh, you know about Bud Lunsford, you know a bunch of stories, and man, I, I, we don't we're kind of out of time tonight. I don't have time to get into it, but one thing I always heard about him was that he uh, would show up at the racetrack prepared, you know, whenever he was racing, and he he'd he'd pull oh, up yeah. a lawn chair and just sit there, and he'd uh, he he didn't have hood pins; he had uh, bolts and nuts on his hood because he wasn't taking that hood off. Right, when he got he to ain't the track. taking that hood off. Yeah, yeah, they yeah he was. The first one I ever heard, and it's still true. You win the race at the house. You don't win it at the race. Exactly. Yeah, that's exactly what I was looking for to uh, to kind of end this one. But, uh, Wade, you got inducted into the Georgia Auto Racing Hall of Fame this weekend. And, uh, and of course, this weekend you're going into the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame up at Union, Kentucky at Florence Speedway. It's got to be pretty special. Uh, was it a pretty good uh, pretty good event there Saturday at in, in Dawsonville? Oh yeah, it, it was it was super nice. It was it was way nicer than I had imagined it was going to be. And uh, yeah, they made me go last. That first guy, he went up there, he pulled out a paper and had his started reading off. And I said, "Uh oh, I may be a little <laughs> underprepared here." And then the next guy, that uh, Scott Russell, motorcycle racer, he just went up there. And, and he's just winging it, you know, and I, nah, we're going to be all right. And uh, so then they had one or two more, I think, and then then I had to go. I think I, I was the last one they had, so I guess everybody was glad it was over. Yeah, well, what an honor, Wade, and uh, congratulations on, on that accomplishment. And, of course, this weekend at Florence, it's going to be a pretty good celebration with you uh, getting inducted into the National Dirt Lake Model Hall of Fame and uh, – you know your whole family's going up there to watch the race all week and uh, i'll be there saturday so we'll get to catch up and talk to you a little bit saturday and uh congratulations i mean that's a that's a huge accomplishment and i think uh, a lot of people are going to pat you on the back and it'll you'll probably uh enjoy your trip this weekend and uh you know, always want to send our best wishes out to your wife cindy and of course jake and the whole family and everybody all are great people and uh yeah man uh looking forward to this coming weekend and i definitely appreciate you being on the podcast tonight sir yeah, I, I appreciate you having me on. It, it, you know, it's been it's been a lot of fun. And I'm looking forward to this weekend. I enjoyed last weekend. Looking forward to this weekend. They must be done run out of people to put in there. But <laughs> either way, I ain't gonna argue with them. I'm gonna just go ahead and roll with it. Absolutely, we're gonna roll up there and see you this weekend. So, uh, all right, man. I appreciate you being on the show tonight, Wade. It's been a been been too you've been too good to us, man. And uh, we. May have to do this again sometime, so uh, we'll let you get back on the back on to your nap there, sleep a little bit, and doing some truck driving tonight. You get get done with this trip, and uh, you'll be Union, Kentucky bound, right? That's right. Yeah, I'm going right. to get this one trip in this week, and I'll be ready to go. But if you ever need me, just call me. I got plenty of time to talk on the phone. Absolutely. Yeah, well, we appreciate it. And, uh, well, everybody, though, another another episode of the forward bike podcast is in the books for this week i'm kyle armstrong that was wade knowles we'll see you next week